Arizona Sports. Kevin Durant. Watch. The latest on KD to the Suns with Burns and Gambo. Live from Cardinals training camp today, but uh, with no disrespect intended to our friends at the Cardinals, who were great. Buda Baker today, Isaiah Simmons, we've had a really good day out here. There's no doubt the top story of the day is the latest on Kevin Durant, and we do have an update on the latest with Kevin Durant. Oh, an update. I love updates. I'm, I'm sure you would. Let me get uh-huh. everybody quickly caught up on what happened. In a face-to-face, this was Sham Sharania reporting this earlier today, face-to-face meeting with Nets owner Joe Sy over the weekend in London. Kevin Durant not only reiterated his trade request, he informed Cy that he needs to choose between Durant or the pairing of general manager Sean Marks and coach Steve Nash. Them or me. It's them or me. The update that we have to the story is a tweet from Joe Cy seven minutes ago. Here we go. Our front office and coaching staff have my support. Okay, so now he's going to be traded. We will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. Car payment, he's traded. Yep. Like, he's getting he's traded. Gone. He's, he's getting gone. traded. Yeah. He's getting traded. He cannot come back nope. and play for two guys that he has to be fired. Can't. It's just, like, at that point, that's like, that's you've crossed that line. Yep. And the, the Nets aren't going to be like, hey, we can't make a good trade for you coming back. He just asked for the head coach and the general manager to be fired. He knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. He knew that if he made that demand, he probably took a calculated gamble that the owner would stand <clears throat> by the coach and would stand by the general manager, even though it's a whole lot easier to fire the coach and the general manager than it is to find a superstar of Kevin Durant's caliber. He probably knew the owner was going to stand by those guys, and he knew. If I go out there and say, do this or else. He's going to stand by the coach. He's going to stand by the general manager. And I will have created an environment so toxic they will have no choice but to get rid of me. This is all part of Kevin Durant's plan. I have never wavered from my belief that he is going to get traded. I've never wavered from that. I've always thought he because I, time was on the side. So I never was like, he's going to play for the Nets. I've never once believed that he was going to end up coming back and playing for the Nets because I just thought there was too much time left. There was time to get a deal done. I also believe that there are several teams outside of the Phoenix Suns that can get him. I don't think it's... Now, as we've discussed, I don't think that like every team in the league can get him, but I do think that there's got to be three or four teams that he'd be willing to go to. He can't be just like, I'm only going to go to one team. Now, if you're the Nets, the question really becomes, do you just take the best deal that's on the table from, hey, listen, give me your best offer right now. We're going to make a decision in a week. And I might do that. I might say within a week, we're going to make it. Give me your best offer. I'm going to I'm not trading him any. I'm going to trade him to whoever gives me the best offer. You've got these four teams are in it. Give me. We got one week. Get your best offer and send it to me. We're going to take the best offer. No negotiations. Just the best offer you give me. And then he's out of your hair and you're done with it. But I don't think it's just one team. I don't think his ability to just say, hey, I want to play in Phoenix. Now, I think Phoenix is in it. I've always thought Phoenix was in it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he could just say, I only want to go to one team. I will admit to wondering whether he was going to get traded only because 
I didn't know if he had the guts to do this. I didn't know if he was willing to be this bad of a bad guy. You know, like it, it takes a, I don't want to call Kevin Durant a bad guy. I'm just saying in order to get your way like this, you have to do some really uncomfortable things. And I wasn't sure whether Kevin Durant was willing to do it. I, I We talked about this last week. Like, is he really, in order for him to truly get out of Brooklyn, he's got to like set it on fire. Is he really willing to do that? Is he really willing to be? What's your DEFCON? Yeah, is he? Five? We were at like DEFCON four last week. Is he? We're at DEFCON one now. I mean, this is this. He's demanded a trade. He's doubled down on it. He's demanded the general manager and the coach get fired. The owner with whom he met in London this past week has come out and thrown his support behind the general manager and the coach. We are at DEFCON one when it comes to Kevin Durant. This is it, and this is exactly what he had to do to get out. I just didn't think he was ready to take it to DEFCON one. He did. I was wrong. I was wrong about that with Kevin Durant. I just didn't. So he did it. The Suns, here's all I'll say about the Suns. We all know that he wants to come here. What we don't know is how many other teams would he be willing to go to? How many other teams would he be cool with going to? If it's just the Suns and he makes that clear to the other 28 teams in the NBA, then we just saw he got he has the power to get himself traded from a team which owes him $200 million. I think they have to trade I, him. I think he's also got the power to force his way to only one team as long as he really believes in that. I, I I don't, I don't think that's the case, but we're just different opinion. I, I think he has to open it up because he, because the Nets still have to say, look, I can't trade you for nothing. I can't trade you for Cam Johnson, Dario Saric, uh, Jay Crowder, and four draft picks. I just can't. It's a terrible trade. I'm gonna like we're gonna look ter- like. The but either question, way, they were going to look terrible. The question for the Nets is, like, you know, do you just get to the point, like, just, you know, like, you get to the start of the season. Now, here's what I would do if, I, if I'm the Nets. Okay. I'm not, tr- I'm not making a bad trade. So if nobody wants to give me a good offer because they all think that I'm kind of, listen, just, just we're going to start the season without you. Don't show up. Don't, don't play. We're going to start the season without you until we can get an offer. You're not going to play basketball until I get a great offer. So if I'm the Nets, I mean, we've seen, just stay home. You don't want to play for us. We get it. Stay home. And until we get, maybe at the trade deadline or until we get a great offer, we're not trading you. So not you're not going to play. So not you've got a week. Give us your best offer so we can move you. You could do that if it's four teams. You know, you could do that if you've got four teams. But if if every but if these teams don't want to give the Nets a good deal, yeah, then you might you, you know you might just say, listen, until we get a re- a good offer, you're just not going to play basketball. Yeah, and that's and that's and you're right. We do differ on this one because I I do think where Kevin Durant has the power to influence this now is a team who could clearly give up a superior package to the Suns because there's no doubt there are teams out there who could give up much, much better than the Suns would be able to yeah, give Golden up. Golden State much, much can, better. Boston can, Miami can't. But if he doesn't want to go to those places, now those places have to think long and hard about whether they're willing to offer up what it would take to get Kevin Durant. Now, some of them could bet on their own culture. And that's been done before. Toronto basically did it with Kawhi a couple years ago. Much, much different. And it it, it, it is different. They got off of a guy in DeMar DeRozan that they didn't want anymore. They didn't want to have to pay him. Fair, but but they still bet on their culture. On their culture. And there are teams out there who might be willing to give up assets that they would later regret because they would bet that Kevin Durant would come to their team and decide, you know what? It's actually not that bad around here. I kind of like it. But if there are teams that he doesn't want to go to, he will let those teams know Man, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your resources. Those are things you're never going to All for a player who doesn't want to be there. And I think he's got the power to dictate that. I, I, I don't know if it's just that. Maybe I'm just 
talking with the hope side of my brain. I don't know if he's got that kind of juice to just say one team and one team only. He's got a lot of juice, though, Gambo. It's Kevin Durant. He's got a lot of juice. So what juice do the Nets have? They obviously can't play him. He's not going to, like, you can't, it's, you, you could, but it's very unlikely that they have him come back. They, hey, we can't make a big trade. Just come back and play for a coach and GM you asked to be fired. The only leverage they have is, like, I'm not going to trade you until I get a good deal. So that, stay at home. I think you're right. I think that's their most juice. Is to just say, okay, fine. We're not going to get screwed on a bad deal. We're not going to cave into you and fire our coach. Don't play. Manager. Don't play. Don't hey, show you gotta up. pay him. You gotta pay him. Yep. Don't show up. We're not gonna. And and maybe after a while that becomes insufferable and they can't take it and anymore. And then he says, "Okay, I'll expand it to more teams." Because the, and and maybe that's what happens. Because the Nets look, they fire the coach and the GM. Now they're giving into the star player. They trade the star player for pennies on the dollar. Now they've not played the value game very well. There's there's no, no, gets, there's no way they fired. There, there's no way they win this. Joe Sy's not going to fire Marks now, but he might fire him if he makes a terrible trade. He might, but hey, I got back well, four role players and some draft picks that are going to be in the twenties. Unless Joe, Sa- unless Sean Marks goes to Joe Sy and says, "Okay, you say you're not firing me now. Promise not to fire me a year from now when you don't like what I got for Kevin Durant because you're not going to like what I got for Kevin Durant." I mean, he's put us in this horrible position where no matter what, we're going to get screwed on this deal. No matter what, the Nets are going to get screwed on this deal. They'll never best, get value the, for Kevin Durant. Best player they could get is Jalen Brown, but you'd have to trade him to the Celtics, which they definitely don't want to do. And I just, you know what, for me, maybe I'm totally wrong. I've been wrong before. I just cannot see him going to the Celtics for that reason. They're, Look, let's be honest that's with a divi- That's a division rival. It's yeah. going to haunt you forever. Let's see. Let's just be honest for a second, okay? Take, what take, have we been doing this whole time, just, lying? No, but but in, in our hearts, we want the Suns to get him, and we root yes. for the Suns. Yes. Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and, and a bunch of worthless first-round draft picks for Kevin Durant seems absurd. you got to be an idiot to make that trade if you're the Nets. It does. Nothing against Mikael Bridges. He's a really good role player, and Cam Johnson's a nice guy off your bench. Yeah. And a bunch of draft picks that are going to be 25 to 30. Like, you, you, like you'd have to be an idiot to if, make that trade if you're the Nets. It's if, a terrible trade. If we're being honest about it as much as we'd like to have him here, that's not a great trade. But right. if it's the only one you can make if you're the Nets, if it's literally the the only one you could make because mm. none of the other teams are offering even close to that because they know Durant doesn't want to go there. Maybe it's the one you take, even yeah. though it's a terrible trade. Now, you know me. I don't want to gut the team and trade five guys for, for one guy. I've been reluctant to do that because I do think gutting the team could hurt. But I'm just saying from the Nets' perspective, sure. they got to feel like they've got to get more. Isaiah Simmons didn't want to say much about the position he'll line up at most, but wherever they put him, he says he's good. That's next. Burns and Gambo. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Soul and Kona Brewing. Burns and Gambo on 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Feels like we just got here. We did. It's only our second show from Cardinals Training Camp, but it is our final show from Cardinals Training Camp. Number one, because it's just not as long a training camp as it used to be. Right. Number two, um, and this just shows how long Gambo and I have been doing the show together. During the Bruce Arians years, every practice was in the afternoon. So we'd be here for like three straight weeks. Yeah, Bruce, you know? Bruce liked to sleep late. <laughs> he really did. He, he liked to sleep big late. Big fan of the afternoon practice. Cliff is an early riser, so he'd much rather have those morning practices, which means there's just no reason for us to be out.
out here every day because there's no practice going on. So today was the last like afternoon practice of training camp, and so it's the last day we're here. So it, it went by quick. You know, we a couple days out here at camp. We hardly knew you. It, we did. Training camp. But uh, the Cardinals, as always, and we appreciate uh, the efforts of Mark Dalton and Chris Melvin and Mike Helm and the whole crew for taking care of us with great guests, and today was a really good day. Isaiah Simmons and Buda Baker, we had some really good conversations. Consider this kind of a best of, because we uh, we did talk about those with those two guys about a ton of good stuff, including Isaiah Simmons and the question, do you know where you'll be playing this season the majority of your snaps? Do you have a pretty good idea of where you're going to be spending the majority of your time defensively this year? Yeah, I guess that's just for everybody to find out. <laughs> That's a yes. Yeah, he knows. He probably knows. He, he knows. But oh, I think it's going to be, like, I do think it's going to depend on matchups, too. Sure. Because I think that, you know, if, like, if you're playing a team loaded, if you're playing the Rams and they're just loaded, you might see him more in the secondary as a corner, uh, you know, maybe as a safety. And if you're playing teams that are just more strong running, you may see him more up in the box. So I do think it depends on, I, I think it is going to be a week-by-week matchup thing. I think so, too. But I, I think if he were, for whatever reason, in a position where he was absolutely forced to say what position he is going to get the majority of his snaps at, he knows. He's played in the box the most so far, and he's only played about 35 to 40 snaps total as you know a slot corner and safety, but I do think that you'll see him play more corner and safety. He seemed very excited about that slot cornerback slot that because that, that the ability to go rush the passer from there, maybe get a free knock at the quarterback. He seemed pretty excited about the ability to play a little slot slot corner and rush the passer on a blitz. He also was asked if there's a position where he's the most comfortable. Yeah, so I feel like I get this question a lot, um, but I think that's kind of what makes me who I am is because of my comfort level at all the different levels. Um, I don't feel like awkward and out of place when I'm um, next to JJ on the line of scrimmage or if I'm back with Buddha. Um, I, I just... I'm just comfortable everywhere, so I feel like that's that's really what kind of makes me who I am. That's pretty cool. I feel comfortable next to the 165-pound guy and comfortable next to the 285-pound guy. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. And I not the boot is one sixty five, but I'm, you know my point. I know what you meant. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I get that he's been asked that question a few times, but I, I don't recall I've ever asked him that question. And I was just sort of curious, what you know, is there a spot where? And it, it, look, if there were a spot he wasn't comfortable, that'd be the last thing he'd want to admit. Yeah, you know, when I when I drop into coverage, sometimes as the safety, sometimes I'm just not so sure about myself. I mean, you don't want to go giving bulletin board material or or anything like that revealing what your weak spot is. He talked about Clemson. I mean, he talked about how this is what I did at Clemson. Yeah. Like, this is what I did. Yeah. I mean, this is very much, this is very familiar to me. This isn't new. Sure. This isn't anything like, oh, they're just spring. I I did this in college. Yep. And, And you asked him, this is a big year. You got to prove yourself to anyone now? No, because I'm not here to prove anything for, you know, fans or um, the experts that they say that they are. So I'm just out here for my guys, not so much trying to prove anything to anyone else. He acknowledged pressure, but he doesn't feel pressure. He just knows it's out there.
there is pressure. I mean, there's we, we've talked about that several times. He's got to be great this year, right? And I think he acknowledges that that pressure exists, just that it doesn't affect him one way or another. Now, whether that's the truth or not, I don't know, but there's definitely pressure on him this year. Yeah, you know, we keep talking about that fifth-year option of the Cardinals going to pick it up. I think it's trending in the right direction. I would expect that they would. He was good last year, not great. You want to see his, him play more of a prominent role in big games. I understand that, but he was third on the team in town. And this year, it seems like he's going to be a jack of all trades. He'll be moved all over the place. So he may be on the field all the time, just at different positions. But I would, do, I would think based on, man, that 50 year option, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. If you go look at what that number is, it's a lot of money. I'm sure he very much wants to get that 50 year option picked up. Barring an absolute disaster, I think at this point the Cardinals have to. They have to because he was good last year. Maybe not great. He was good. And I think they need to buy themselves another year to make sure they get the most out of Isaiah Simmons. And you may have learned in the Hassan Reddick yeah. thing. You yeah. may have learned that. Maybe it's worth it to pay that money and give the guy another year. If you feel if you feel like there's still the potential for him to be a good player. Buda Baker was on with us. Gambo, of course, president of the Buda Baker. The, I don't know I how I got it. to be the president well, because of the Buda Baker. Because you've been, you've been telling I, the guy from day one. I was. From, uh, that's why well, you know why. I mean, no, I I, I, this is the year I finally cave, and on your birthday, you're getting a blouse. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. No, I've, been, I've been talking to Mean Game for the last few years. You're getting a Buda Baker jersey this How year. About that? Yeah. Black, red, white. What do you black. want? Black. That's what I kind of thought. I'll go say. black. Um,. And, of course, he's talking up his safety mate back there, if you will, in Jalen Thompson. You asked him if he believes that he and JT are the best duo in the league. I believe so. You know, I believe so. But at the end of the day, I always tell my guys, you know, uh, women lie, men lie, but that film never lies. And uh, I definitely think you see on the film of, you know, 34 and 3, you know, at all times you'll see them on the field running to the ball and getting there and not letting plays get caught on them and you know things like that so i would definitely say so but at the end of the day you will see i haven't heard that one women Women lie lie, men lie the film don't lie the (laughs) film does not lie i've heard film don't lie i've heard that before everyone should just marry film i've just well it's not very no it's not very emotionally rewarding no no it's it's kind of hard to you know, have a movie night with film. I mean, you know, film kind of is the movie night, right? It, it, it's it's not. Have anybody telling you where to park, how to park, <laughs> what music to listen to? Careful, Gambo. I'm teasing. Careful. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Careful. I'm teasing. Careful. The love of your life might be listening. Be careful over there. The state of the defense, according to Buddha, there's some question marks about it. A lot of people have question marks about it. He thinks they're going to be great. I definitely think we're going to get better. You know, losing Chandler Jones is a huge loss. You know, he had a lot of sacks for us, but, you know, guys have to stuck up, uh, stick up, you know, um, and guys have to be out there. And if you're on the field, you're a starter, whether it's Maje, Marcus Golden, you know, Dennis, uh, DK. All those guys, they all have the ability to step up, and I think they will. And I definitely think, you know, we'll still be a great defense. And I'm excited for guys like Zave and guys like Isaiah Isaiah Simmons, you know, going into his third year. Um, you know, Byron, of course. Of course, my dog, JT. You know, all these guys, the D-line, J.J. Watt, you know, he's doing a great job of teaching these D-linemen uh, certain techniques and things like that. So I definitely am excited to see what we got. It's good. I mean, he's, listen, he... He is one of, if not the leader on that defense. Okay, he is. 
I mean, he's the guy. I mean, he's been here for a while now. He's very well respected in the league, um, inside the league, outside the league players. I mean, Buddha is a great player. So I think that he's got the ability to be a true leader this year. Coming up, as if we didn't already know, there is a clear Achilles heel of this Cardinals defense. The question is, what are they going to do about it? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Sold and Kona Brewing. Burns and Gambo on 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Back here live from Arizona Cardinals training camp on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Do want to remind you that we've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You're not going to miss any of our shows. It's digitally delivered to you like all of your favorite podcasts are. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com. Before we talk about the corners for the Cardinals, since we're here, Gambo, and since this is our last day here. You want to talk more about Olivia Newton-John? No, I don't. Oh, okay. um, who passed away today at the age of 73 from breast cancer. Yes. Um, who was well, I, I, an iconic... Iconic. From Gambo's childhood, an iconic part of Gambo's childhood. An iconic poster that I, every every kid that I knew had that poster. And the Farrah poster. Those two posters were on your wall. I wasn't sure if you were going to be able to, to you know, muscle I, up and do the show today. Yeah. I was a little worried about you. No, I wanted to talk about Kyler. I wanted to throw some praise Kyler Murray's way. Okay. Did you see the story on social media about With the, the jersey the the jer- oh the kid the kid that had his jersey stolen the kid that had his jersey Son stolen of a gun, who would do that to a kid so who steals some kid's jersey a woman named christy brown posted over the weekend on twitter all right red sea we need your help posting on behalf of my friend's son whose autographed k1 jersey got taken at the red and white practice he is heartbroken if you have any leads please dm and yeah, there's a video of the kid crying there's a video of the kid, of the kid crying like i i almost was going to reach out and try to get him a jersey and there's a picture of the jersey he worked two years to get a bunch of autographs on a kyler murray number one jersey a handful of cardinal fans tagged Kyler in the tweet. I got tagged in the tweet. You got tagged in the yes. tweet. A bunch of us did, right? Yeah. Um, Murray then tweeted, Jersey on the way, bro. And he's got a black Kyler Murray number one jersey with the signature of just about every single player on the team right now that Kyler Murray is sending to that kid to what replace did the, kid, the one. What, what was the, did the other jersey have a bunch of signatures on it? The, the, other, one, the other one had wow. about a dozen signatures. He got the whole team. The one that Kyler Murray just sent him has about four dozen, so I mean, three dozen wow. signatures on it. I mean, it's just like it's got the whole team that signed the Who jersey. Who would steal a kid's jersey in a practice? I don't know. Like, what? I, I don't happen? know. I, I don't mean, know. seriously, how low is somebody? That sucks. To sit here and, hey, that kid just, left, hey. Hey, that kid just left that jersey, signed by all those players, I'm going to take it. Good on Kyler. Good on Kyler. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is good, but I, that's, I, I agree. I don't know who would have stolen it, but to me, the bigger takeaway is that Kyler Murray saw it, responded to it, way did the right thing. I mean, just way, 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 way did the right Look, thing. Look, I know Bickley Bickley's redoing his, you know, his man uh, cave in the garage, but, you know, he didn't have to take the kid's jersey. Uh, stop. Come on. Stop. <laughs> stop. Stop it. That might be the lowest thing you've ever done. Honestly, in a career filled with you doing low things. That might be the lowest thing you've ever done. I was trying to think, who was I going to put in there? Accusing Dan Bickley of stealing (laughs) the kid's jersey. What's next? You're going to hack into someone's email and nominate yourself for Employee of the Month? Oh, wait, you've already done that. 
And I won. <laughs> That's why they don't wait, do employee of the so, month anymore. So no, they, <laughs> free, he's a freaking bum. Freaking clown. Freaking bum. That's why, they, that's why they did away with the, the award. Just did. Gamble, some, some, some poor, unsuspecting sap left their email open. I'm so sick of these people. <laughs> you know. Oh. Gibbo nominates himself for employee of the month. Oh, I had to write a whole email. thing about. Oh, I had to write a whole God. thing about how, how good I am. Seriously, <laughs> this is a brand new low for you. This is a brand new low. I know. I know. Dan Bickley stole the kid's jersey. Oh, he did not. Good job. Well, I was just repeating your accusation. I was, just, I, was uh-huh. go. I was trying to think who do I go with? Do I go with 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 Ron or or Luke or Vince or Bick? I didn't know who to go with. Uh, bravo. Seriously, who would steal the kid's jersey though? Come on. I don't know. But good on good on the. Uh, should give it back. Good on Kyler Murray. That's a great thing that he did. All right. So Bill Barnwell, um, the football insider for ESPN.com, wrote a piece over the weekend today, I can't remember, in which he listed the Achilles heel of every single Super Bowl contending team. I clicked on the link, honest to God, not quite sure whether the Cardinals were going to be listed in it. Like, oh, like hoping they were, but expecting that they were. Because it said Super Bowl contending team. Because it said Super Bowl contending team, I thought. And you can't tell from the media if they were a contending team or not. I just wasn't sure if they were going to be in that club or not. I got you. They were in that club. And, of course, as you would expect, their Achilles heel was cornerback. the cornerback position, mm-hmm. of which you now are really inclined to believe they will absolutely address, but they're going to do it via trade. Yeah, I I'm said, fascinated by this. Well, I did say this. I hinted at this last you week, hinted, right? You didn't say it as distinctly as you're saying it now. You hinted at it last week. I know week. more now than I do. Well, that's, what I, that's yeah. what's interesting to me is that now you're, you're saying it. And last week you were kind of suggesting maybe. I think, it's very, I think it's highly likely that they're going to make a trade for a cornerback. Robert Alford doesn't want to play, and uh, uh, the Kevin King does. I don't think he's come in. Um, Jack Rabbit Jenkins. There's. Deandre, there's didn't you have the DeAndre uh, Baker today? DeAndre so Baker. A, I don't think they like him that much. Joe Maybe Hayden's a little out there. I mean, there are guys out there. And look, the Cardinals. The Cardinals know they have to do something about it. And the fact that they yeah. haven't done anything about it yet suggests that they're working on something that isn't traditional, isn't signing somebody who's out there right now. I'm intrigued by this trade. Yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll trade for a corner now. Whether they do it now or they do it, you know, after the first couple of preseason games. A team may want to get through the first couple of games to make sure there aren't any injuries. Nobody wants to trade their fifth cornerback only to have two cornerbacks go down a week later. So sometimes teams will hold on to guys to the last minute. The good news about trading for a guy is that you're going to get somebody that's in shape, that's in camp, and he's ready to come play. Um, instead of having a street free agent that's sitting at home right now and maybe doing some workouts on his own, you're going to get a guy that's been in camp that he's right now. You'll have to give up something to get him. But I think the most likely scenario is that they will trade for a cornerback, that they are looking at the other rosters right now and they're trying to figure out which teams have the most depth at corner and you know and it's all usually it's somebody that you liked in the draft or somebody you liked in, in previously or you got good film on him and you like him and he's maybe not gonna make a roster because they're loaded and then you make a trade. Maybe you give up a sixth round pick, it could be a fifth or something. So I think that's the most likely scenario is that they'll get a and I think you will and I, I I think you agreed with this earlier. You'll get a better cornerback. I think so, because these guys who are out there now, they're available for a reason. Half of them probably want more money than they're worth, but they're also available because they've all got serious question marks. Now, surely any team willing to trade a corner at this point is doing it because they probably know it's a guy they're going to cut anyway in a couple of weeks. But if you can get something for him now, instead of just cutting him at the end of the preseason, then at least you can get some sort of asset for him. But I, I do think any guy on a roster now 
would be a better option. And if the Cardinals could give up a fifth round pick, to, I, look, I, to be honest with you, I think the position is so depleted. I think they should trade for one and sign one. I think they should throw as many, as many resources at it as they possibly can because I just don't think I don't think they have near enough at the position. I mean, not even close to enough at the position. I think they if need, they would don't you think if they would have liked somebody that's out there they would have brought him in by now? I would have thought so. I mean, where where we're in the past the second week of camp? Um, camp started in July. We're August eighth. Yes, I would have thought they would have done it by now. And the fact that they just means they don't like anybody. They don't, they li- don't like any of those free agent quarterbacks. I will tell you this, not doing anything cannot be an option. It cannot be an option. No, I you, expect a trade. You have to do something. I agree. I agree. And I, and I think, I, I, I believe that that's the best avenue for them, and I think that's the way they're going to approach this. I think that they will probably make a trade, to, and I think you'll end up with a better cornerback, somebody that can come in and that can play. Yeah. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo Show, Kevin Durant and Nets owner Joe Sy have spoken a second time, and now Joe Sy has picked his side and it ain't kevin durant's we'll give you the latest next on the burns and gambo show arizona sports kevin durant watch the latest on kd to the suns with burns and gambo It's the final segment of the Burns and Gambo Show. We're going to get you ready for D-backs baseball, which is coming up at the top of the hour at 6 o'clock. The Pirates are in town. We'll preview that matchup in a few moments and get you ready after the D-backs took 2-3 or over the weekend from the Colorado Rockies. But for our late-arriving audience, maybe you just got in the car a few minutes ago, maybe you just left work, uh, we thought we owed you another opportunity to kind of get caught up on what's going on with Kevin Durant because it's been a very busy, noteworthy day in the Kevin Durant. Front. Starting with a story from Sham Sharania earlier today, about an hour before we went on the air, a tweet and then a story that went along with it. Face to face meeting that Kevin Durant had with the Nets owner Joe Sy over the weekend. In that meeting, Kevin Durant reiterated his trade request and informed Sy, you need to choose. It's either me or general manager Sean Marks and coach Steve Nash. One or the other. Right. Either Old basic I, ultimatum. Either I go or they go. It's an ultimatum. That's it. Durant stated he does not have faith in the team's direction, sources said. Uh, the meeting took place, ironically enough, a year to the day that Durant agreed to a four-year, $198 million contract extension. Apparently a year ago, he did have faith in the team's direction. Well, I know. I mean, $200 he, million. Dollars. Obviously, he soured on them. Something happened to when he soured on Steve Nash and Sean Marks and their ability to you know to have that team compete. And that's why we, we are here where we are today. The story also indicated that the Nets, quote, understand the 12-time All-Star will continue to be resolute in his stance, close quote, which, in other words, loosely translated, he's not he's not changing his mind. He's not giving up. No, he this. wants out. He, he wants, wants out. out resolute. Yeah, this was, listen, he flew all the way to London, to, and then it, this became public, okay? He's in, who made this public? Obviously, Durant is at the point. Listen, he probably went to his people and, you know, his crew and said, hey, I'm, I'm June, it was June. I, I asked for this trade request June 30th. I'm still here. It's August. Like I'm starting to panic. They're not going to trade me. So you go to London. You tell the owner. You give him an ultimatum, and you know then you you leak it that here's what it is. Now they have to trade you. Yeah. Now like now like honestly like they my opinion they have to trade. They can't have Kevin Durant come back and play for a coach who he has asked to be fired or a GM who he's asked.
has to be fired. That makes for a real, real bad environment. They're not going to want that. Can't. And Kevin Durant had to know this would be the exact kind of thing that would get him traded. This is the exact kind of button he had to push, the exact fire he had to light. He took it to DEFCON 1. He had the guts to do it, and he did it. Now, Joe Sy, 55 minutes ago on Twitter, responded, Our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, so basically saying I'm not firing Marks, I'm not firing Nash. Further confirmation that Kevin right. Durant is, look, he's either going to get traded He's either going to get traded sometime in the next week or two because the Nets are going to say, make us your best offer and we'll just get rid of him and get off this, or they'll continue to hold out for the best deal, and Kevin Durant just won't come to training camp. Kevin Durant just won't play. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's Now, you could easily go to, to you know, now you got to open it up to more than one team, right? There's got to be three or four teams because then you could really put offers together and get the best offer. Durant wants out. At this point, I think they're going to want to move him. Now, they've been reluctant to move him because the offers are just no good. The offers aren't good enough. Like, they've even told the Suns, you know, like, you, you don't have enough. Like, you don't have enough to make a deal. So that's why a lot of people feel like the Suns aren't in it because the Suns just don't really have enough. I mean, and, and let's be honest, like, I don't want to give up the farm and gut the team, but a lot of you, you could, Kevin Durant for whatever package the Suns could put together, even if it was McHale and Cam, the Nets, the Nets are going to look at that like, that's not a great deal. No, it's not, but they, they're backed into a corner now, and, and that's the Suns might have been counting on them being backed into a quarter. Yep. I agree there are teams that can do better. There's no denying that. And I would agree that the Suns' offer is certainly one that the Nets would be like, you know, their fans are going to roast them for it. I, I, what you and I do disagree on is that I think if Kevin Durant wants the Suns and only wants the Suns, he's got the power to make that happen. I believe that. I, I know you steadfastly believe that, that he has to give the Nets a list of teams he'd be willing to go to. Can't be just one. I, I, I think he's got the power if he wants it, if he really wants just one, I think he can he can do that if he wants it bad enough. It's just a question of whether he does, and I don't know the answer to that. But the other thing is that you could, you know, if you're the Nets and you don't get a you don't get a great offer, you know, like I can't trade you for a bunch of role players and draft picks that are going to be between twenty five and thirty. So you know, stay home until I until we come up with a trade. And it might just come stay down home. That it, it could come down. down to just yep. stay home. I imagine we're going to have a lot more about this story tomorrow. So certainly be with us at straight up two o'clock. In the meantime. We got some Diamondbacks baseball coming up at straight up 6 o'clock. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball is 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. We're checking in on the D-backs as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck. Brought to you by 72 Sold. Get thousands more on your home with no inconvenience. Visit 72sold.com and buy Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the Sonic Grilled Cheese Double Burger. For a limited time, only at Sonic. Real light schedule in Major League Baseball tonight, but the D-backs homestand continues hosting the Pittsburgh Pirates down at Chase Field. And your pitching matchup is brought to you by Native Interiors. Your home, your way. Let Native Interiors, the flooring experts, match up your vision to your reality. Text the word FLOORS to 620-620. Tyler Beattie gets the start for the Pirates. The righties 1-1 one one with a 3-8-9 ERA. Zach Gallen gets the start for the Diamondbacks. 6-2 with a 3.31 ERA. Yeah, the D-backs are 5-1 in their last six home games. They're also 5-0 oh in Gallen's last five home starts. 
So uh, they have played well in one games with uh, Gallon pitching. Uh, so he's, he doesn't have the big, you know the big win total that you would expect because he went basically two months without getting a win with no run support. But he has pitched well last time out against Cleveland, five and two thirds innings. He gave up three runs on six hits in that game against the Guardians. Diamondbacks did make a roster move today. You had said it was coming earlier on social media. They recalled right-handed pitcher Edwin Yuseta from AAA Reno. They put Kyle Nelson on the 15-day injured list with back spasms. You know, had a, uh, an outing against the Phillies. Four and a third scoreless in June. Really good relief outing. Four and a third scoreless innings. He was real good there. He's got a little major league experience with the Dodgers. and He's, he's pitched a few times for the D-backs this year. Decent arm, but with Nelson going down, they need to call somebody up. They called up him. Yep, so they called him up. As far as the weekend past goes for the Diamondbacks, they won two of three from the Colorado Rockies. They're actually eight and seven since the All-Star break. Yeah. And a lot of those losses have been of the one-run variety. Of course, the weekend, it was a wild ride in the bullpen yet again after announcing on Friday he was going closer by committee. Ian Kennedy got the save on Friday, came into the tie game on Saturday and gave up what was the game-winning home run. Yeah, to McMahon. And then Mark Melanson, because Kennedy was unavailable having pitched the two previous days, got a rocky save outing yesterday. Left to the bases the loaded after yeah. the intentional walk you, to C.J. Crone. Just, you thought things were going to settle down in the bullpen? No, yeah. man. It's just been more chaos. It's just been a different way of defining it, right? Yeah, it's it's just it's been many, many years of this. It's just they, they just, you know, they signed Melanson to a two-year deal and it obviously hasn't worked out. I think they're better going by committee and not having one guy. Um, but it's been a while. I mean, I think you really got to go back to Brad Ziegler the last time the Diamondbacks had a real reliable guy that could come in and close a baseball game. They've really struggled with closes for a long time now. We're on the farm, and it's brought to you by Redbird Farms. You can't put a price on great taste. No action tonight for the affiliates. I can tell you, though, that Corbin Carroll hit his fourth home run for oh, Reno oh, last night. He enters this week with a 310 batting average of 563 slugging, six doubles, four homers, 14 RBIs, seven stolen bases, and 15 walks for Triple A Reno. Call him up. Not Let's bad. go. Call Not him bad. up. And then quickly, the MLB standings are driven by trucks only. The Valley's number one independent dealer and home of the lifetime engine warranty going into action today. The Arizona Diamondbacks, 26 and a half games out of first behind the LA Dodgers. The Pirates, 16 games behind the Cardinals in the Central. Let's get you a key to tonight's game. Listen, man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. D-backs keys to the game, presented by Mist America, home of the patented Mist 360 outdoor cooling system. Visit mistamerica.com today for a cooler tomorrow. Keymaster? All right, they scored eight runs against the Orioles their last time out, but overall this is a bad offense by the Pittsburgh Pirates. They have struggled to score runs. They're averaging only 3.6 runs per game, 28th in the league. But the one guy that's played pretty well for them is Brian Reynolds. The youngster's got 16 homers for the Pirates this season. So for Zach Gallen, just be careful when pitching to Brian Reynolds. Except he's on my fantasy team, so don't be too careful. Oh, you like him. You like him. <laughs> I'm kidding. Be as careful as you want, Zach. It's fine. My fantasy team. What place are you in? Sixth. Oh, who cares? Sixth. Well, out of 13, but yeah, it's yeah. going to be tough sledding from here on out when it in comes middle to the team. That's fine. Strike him out. Give him the golden sombrero for all I care at this point. What does it matter? That's going to do it for us. We are out of here. We're going to see you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone.
You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Get the car.